The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We've learned to hide our true feelings and emotions from the view of the outside world for fear of being seen as weak, undeserving, or not enough. While this strategy works well for a while, many of us are realizing it is not a sustainable way to continue living life, especially when there is so much that we want to achieve, create, and contribute. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadek. In this program, you'll hear from Shameen and her guests about what it's like to face these fears head-on and courageously share emotion, vulnerability, and experience in service of creating connection, resilience, and extraordinary results. Now, here's your host, Shameen Sadek. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shameen Sadek, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So the topic for today is being a model. What does it mean to be a model? In the fashion industry, it's all about perfection, or at least the projection of perfection as it is defined in the moment. Now, if you're like me and are on social media, you might have seen some of the posts lately uh, applauding the curviness of models in the past and comparing that to the relative slenderness of models today. So that's an example of how perfection or that notion of perfection has evolved or changed or shifted over the years. I myself am more in favor of the full curves, uh, I guess because I'm more like that. So I gravitate towards that, and but we all have our preferences. But today, we're going to focus on a different kind of modeling, not fashion modeling, but modeling of transparency, courage, and even raw authenticity. It's not about projecting an image of perfection, but rather about being real, open, and human, even when it's not pretty. So... Let's begin, as we usually do, though, by taking a few minutes to just get grounded, to um, breathe together, uh, become present, and just enjoy the present moment. If you're like me and have been running hard all day long, as I surely have, then this will be helpful. And if not, that's okay. Take the moment to just uh, chill out for a second before we jump into the topic of being a model. So I invite you to uncross your legs, let your feet rest flat on the ground, sitting up straight with a straight spine, not rigid or hard or too um, stiff, more just upright, dignified, and yet comfortable, relaxed. Let your shoulders, let's roll them right up by our ears and then let them come back down down, sort of sliding your shoulder blades down the back of your back, 
and placing your hands, palms facing down on your thighs. Good. And we'll just sit here for a few moments together and breathe and just get present, bringing our awareness to the breath, breathing in and out at your own pace, not trying to change anything or do anything different, just allowing your breath to be the way it is right now. You don't have to try and breathe deeply. You don't have to direct your breath into your belly or to try and fill your entire body with air. Just let your breath easily flow in and out. The only thing that's different here is that you are bringing your awareness to the breath, letting your awareness focus on that. So easy to get distracted by all the images of perfection that the world offers to us, to feel that we're not living up to those images, that we are not enough, not good enough, not skinny enough, not beautiful enough. This is our moment to let those distractions go and just come into connection with ourselves and breathing in and out at your own pace. Good. And as you sit here meditating together, I want you to know a few things. First of all, you're not alone. Even if you and I are the only two people sitting here in this moment, breathing, becoming present, focusing our awareness on ourselves and on that breath, right now, you're not alone. We're here together. So you have community. Second, you are enough, just as you are. Sure, I'd love to lose 10 or 15 pounds too. And... I'm enough as I am. There are different ways to define beauty. Some are skinny, some are curvy, some are larger, some are smaller. In your heart, at your core, you are enough, no matter what. What else do I want you to know as we sit here breathing together? You are good just as you are, even in the sad moments, even in the angry moments, even in the happy and joyous moments, you are good. Did you make a mistake? Have I made mistakes? Sure. Sometimes I yell at my kids. Sometimes I get angry at a beloved one. Sometimes I get angry when I'm in the car driving and somebody cuts me off. Forgive yourself. Resolve to come back to this awareness next time. You are good. So are they. And fourth, we are all siblings in this great human family. Yes. Good. And so bringing this moment of meditation to a close, it's very short, I know, but if we meditated for the whole hour of the show, then we'd never get to talk about the topic at hand. And so I like to just bring a little bit of mindfulness, a little bit of sitting, a little bit of getting present at the beginning of each show, 
so that we can dive into the topic together, perhaps more deeply than we would have otherwise. A little pause between events or between topics is a good thing. This may be something that you want to implement in your business day, perhaps at the beginning of each meeting or before the meeting begins, you could sit and center yourself for a couple of minutes. I'm not suggesting you do it for 20 minutes between each meeting. That would make your day extend way too long. But just a couple of minutes, how would that be? Take that away if it's useful to you and conduct some experiments with it this week. See what happens. And so as we come back to the topic at hand, just wiggling your fingers and toes, maybe rolling your shoulders a little bit, moving your body, maybe from side to side, taking a deeper breath, <sighs> just to come back into your body, into this moment, feel your the chair that you're sitting in, feel your feet on the floor, and opening your eyes if they were closed. Good. So the topic today, being a model. I have had the most interesting experience in my last two trips, now, you know, I travel a lot. I'm on the road about once every two weeks, it seems, these days. And I've had the opportunity to sit in community with um, two different communities, two different groups of, of colleagues. And in both of these opportunities that I've had in the last month, I have had a meltdown. Yes, indeed, a meltdown. And I do not mean uh, like a screaming temper tantrum meltdown, although sometimes my kids and partner would tell you that I could do that too, although it's very infrequent. Not that kind of meltdown. But the kind of meltdown where I just had to say what was real for me, could not contain it, and it came out with tears each time. So it's a little bit embarrassing to have that happen uh, once, and it's a bit alarming <laughs> to have it happen twice, but I do trust that there was something useful in it for me, perhaps the storage of many emotions that haven't had a pathway to uh, discharge themselves, uh, perhaps because my body and soul were giving me a signal that there's something I need to pay attention to. And in fact, I believe that that's probably the reason more than anything else. And I'll keep you posted on what I learn as the days unfold. But I wanted to hone in on something very specific because I received some feedback. So here's what happened. I was with a group of people who I am newly in community with. So I actually didn't know any of them. A uh, couple of them were people who were known to me from the past, but I have not really established relationship with any of the people that were there. And there was a group of about 40 people. We were together for a couple of days. And I noticed in the morning that I was not at my best. I was exhausted. I've been working a lot. I haven't had enough rest. I had to travel to get to this meeting, and the travel had some ups and downs, some hiccups along the way, and it was just, um, I wasn't at my most rested and best when I arrived. Not the way I'd love to begin when I meet with new people, but there it is nonetheless. And so I arrived tired, and I arrived, um, as I am, gluten intolerant, 
without having been able to find very much to eat that morning, that was not something I was allergic to. So I arrived tired and hungry. Add these two things together, that's a recipe for a meltdown for me most of the time because I need rest and I need food. And I know that uh, that would be the same for most humans. So I arrived, I was already uh, a little bit under the weather in that respect or, or not at my best, not at my most optimal. And as the day went on, I began to feel this feeling, this sensation in myself that I was going to burst into tears. Uh, lunch time came. I managed it. I managed it really well all morning. I, I tried not to. I, I didn't want to start crying. I thought maybe I could go to the bathroom and cry there. Why was I crying? I asked myself all sorts of questions. Noticed that this whole process kept me out of the present moment and more in my own head. But nonetheless, there it is. And at lunchtime, I was greeted by an array of foods that were all gluten-containing except for one. So I ate a plate of coleslaw for lunch which was not ideal, nor was it particularly nourishing for me. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. So after this lunch, I uh, was in um, an opportunity where we were all sharing our perspectives on things. And I knew that when it was time for me to speak, I was going to lose it. (laughs) And that those tears that I had been holding at bay were going to come out. And sure enough, they did. And what I did was I, I asked for guidance. Uh, in, in the moments preceding my meltdown, I asked for guidance. I asked for support. I grounded, as I have talked with you about. I connected to my, my spirit, uh, spirit uh, in the form of, I don't know, whatever you want to call spirit, um, God, Allah, uh, Buddha, whatever you want to call that. I connected to that source outside of myself. I connected to the earth and I connected to myself and I connected to all of this together. And I said, please guide me to make my tears and whatever unfolds something that is useful so that it's not just about Shamin having a meltdown because she's tired and hungry, although that would be enough of a reason to have a meltdown. But let me, let me be responsible. And if there's something that I'm going to say, let it be useful. Because I do trust that whatever happens has some utility for someone beyond just myself. So in that group of 40-odd people, maybe this would be useful to someone else. Maybe someone else in that group, in other words, has been tired or hungry or hasn't really done a good job of meeting their own needs. Um, And they would feel comforted to know that they're not the only person. And so I spoke, I wept, I told them my story, I said exactly what I've said to you, only more succinctly, that I was tired, that I was hungry, that I hadn't been able to eat anything that they had served, despite my reminding them of my gluten intolerance, that I understood that the circumstances were such, I was not blaming anyone, but that my needs were not being met. And that was how I was feeling in that moment. It was hard to stop crying after that. And so I I went uh, to sort of collect myself. And the people that I was with were very lovely. They were very comforting, very kind, and uh, offered me a chair, offered to go get me something to eat, um, asked me what I needed. And I said, I just needed a few minutes uh, to compose myself. So I went to the bathroom, wiped my eyes, cried a little bit more, washed my face, and then came back. 
And when I came back, uh, I was able to rejoin the group. It is what happened afterwards that has led me to want to talk about being a model with you. And I know that we are headed into a break. So I'm going to pause my story there. And when we come back from the break, I will share with you what happened next. Suffice it to say that I was okay with everything that had happened, even though I tried to stop myself from crying, even though I would have preferred not to cry in that moment, not to have to tell them all these things that were going on with me. I would have preferred not to, but even though that is what happened, I was okay with it. But others, um, and most of the others were too, but some were not. So when we come back from the break, I will share with you what happened next and what that has led me to think about. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and we'll be right back after this break. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering. And it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliLeadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliLeadership.com and let's get started. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Our topic today is being a model. 
And I'm Shamin, your host. And I was telling you before the break about something that happened to me just a couple of days ago. So I noticed over the break that I was thinking about how long it was telling me to tell you, taking me to tell you this story. And um, I guess that's what happens when we share something that's fresh. I haven't had time to polish my story, to make it succinct and short. And so you're getting the real raw version of it. So after the break, many people came back after, uh, after I came back into the room, after having my little meltdown or my big meltdown publicly in front of a bunch of strangers, I left the room, went to the washroom. And when I came back, uh, many people approached to see if I was okay to offer food to, um, it was very lovely. And I felt the, the loving support of the entire group. But a few people came with some interesting questions, and these were very, very helpful questions. Uh, one person asked me, how good am, am I at telling people what I need? And I thought that was a very interesting thing to consider. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Another person came to me and said, why are you so tired? And I said, well, I don't want to tell them my whole life story. I actually have a propensity for fatigue. Um, when I overdo it, I get exhausted. I'm sure I'm not the only person who has that going on, but I actually have suffered from chronic fatigue from time to time in my life. And so that's kind of what happens if I, when I hit the wall. So I didn't want to go into that long story. So I, I just said, oh, you know, it seems to be a lifelong pattern of mine. I say yes to a lot of work. I, I take it all on out of this great passion and purposefulness. And then I end up sort of over-amping and, and burning out a little bit. And then I find myself tired. And then I rest and I start again. And this person said to me, you know, you really ought to not do that anymore. <laughs> and I said, yeah, thanks. I'd love not to do that. That would be great. Um, and, you know, it's sort of a pattern and I'm working my way through it. I think I'm getting better at it, but obviously I haven't got it licked yet. And this person said to me, well, you know, you have to be a model for your clients. And this is where I take some exception. I am all for the loving support of everybody who has um, loving arms to put around me and, and anyone else who's suffering. But I have to be a model? I don't think so. A model of what? Do I have to be a model of perfection? Of someone who never loses it, who has got it all together, who's perfect, who never gets tired, never struggles with anything, with sales through life on easy street? No, I do not believe that I have to be that kind of a model. That's not what I want. And so I said that essentially to this person. I said, I'm actually okay with everything that's happened. I'm okay that I cried. I'm okay that I got tired. And I'm okay that, that I lost it in front of all of you. And I'm okay that I'm in a pattern where I'm learning to make sure my needs get met. Meeting them myself or asking for what I need or, as the other person said, telling them what I need. And I did try to do that in this scenario and it just didn't work out, as things sometimes don't. But I said I don't feel like I have to be a finished product. I acknowledge I'm a work in progress, and I think that my clients probably appreciate that more than any perfection I could project. The person who was speaking to me said, oh, I, oh, yeah, you've got a point, and we ended our conversation rather quickly after that. So I want to be clear. This is not to malign the person who said that. It's a, you know, <laughs> two years ago, I would have said the same thing. 
I would have said, oh, geez, you know, I should really cover this up and hide it. Maybe five years ago, I would have said the same thing. I should hide this. I should try and make it look like everything's perfect. And even today, there are moments where I, I want to look like I've got it all together. I hate it when anything goes wrong or if I, uh, an article gets posted on social media from me and there isn't a picture or it isn't picture perfect, I do get upset about those things. But I'm also okay with being where I am, who I am, and how I am in any given moment. And so I thought I would share this story with you because the question for me is what kind of model do you want to see and what kind of model do you want to be? The kind of model I want to see is the real thing. Um, sometimes we are brilliant. We are awesome and do fantastic things. Other times we screw up. We mess it up. We don't get it right. And this was certainly one of those moments for me. What, and I didn't mess up by crying. That's not what I'm talking about. But where I messed up or where I didn't do everything that I could have done And why this is important for me to look at is I didn't ask clearly enough in the moment for what I needed. I had made the assumption that because I had asked for particular meals or a particular kind of food, I'd made made an assumption that because I had mentioned that I was gluten intolerant, that there would be gluten-free items for me to eat. I quickly found out that that wasn't the case. And in that moment, I did not demand something that I could. I did not ensure that I got something that was going to nourish me. I could have asked someone to go and get me something. And in fact, someone had offered and I had said no, because I wanted to be nice and I didn't want to put them out and make it so difficult for them and uh, inconvenience them. And that's where I went wrong because I have every right to ask for what I need in any given moment. Um, I'm not saying that you should be selfish and that you should demand everything that you want and you should be like a, like a princess ordering people around. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that if, if I, I'm saying this to myself and if it's resonating with you, this is great. Um, if I go to a meeting and I have a need and there are people there who are willing to help me meet that need, then I should avail myself of their help. That's really all I want to say about that. And that is my learning. That is the thing that will help. So while I cannot tell you that I can take care of this propensity for being tired, although there's probably, and I know there are many things I can do to aid with that, what I can do is get better at asking for what I need. And as this other person had mentioned to me, how good are you at telling people what you need? Now, telling is a completely different story for me. Asking is is hard, but I'm getting better at it. Telling is a little bit different. Uh, I find that very difficult. And I really appreciated that person's feedback because it made me think about this in a different way. I mean, what is it to take ownership of my life, my well-being, myself, and to say, I need this. Um, this isn't going to work for me. This is what I need. I've done that in the past. I've gotten better at it. I thought I'd gotten better at it, but in this particular moment, it didn't unfold quite that way. And I think when you have two or three variables together, tired, um, traveling, uh, things that have happened along the travels that haven't been ideal, uh, stressful moments uh, along the way that have all added up, then it makes the small thing about 
there's no chicken here for me to eat. There's no salad that doesn't have any bread. That's a very small thing that could be easily remedied. It becomes huge. It becomes like the icing on the cake or the straw that breaks the camel's back. And that's what happened. So interesting that going from talking about being a model to being real and modeling, you know, somebody thanked me for modeling courage. Uh, Quite a few people mentioned that I was very courageous, uh, courageous to say what was true for me, courageous to come back into the room after after I had dissolved into tears. Um, Here's the thing. I don't think that that was courageous or that that took courage. Actually, I couldn't have done anything but what I did. I had been trying to hold those tears back all day long. They were coming, whether I liked it or not. What might have been, um, I don't know, uh, commendable about it was that I, I, I was able to hang on to my <laughs> tears until the moment when they would have a great impact uh, in terms of perhaps being of service to others. But there's no way that um, I can say that I was courageous. I think I was just being real. I was just being myself. There was no one else or no other way that I could have been at that moment than that. So uh, being a model uh, isn't always about perfection. And yet here's the thing. If I was sad, frustrated, tired, hungry, full up at that moment... And I let people know that that was what was my experience in that moment. Isn't that perfect? Isn't that perfection right there? Not perfection as in the polished, perfect, size zero look of the fashion model today. Not that kind of perfect with the porcelain skin, the perfect ruby lips, the gorgeous nails and hair, and beautifully made up eyes with designer clothing that fits perfectly. That's not what I mean by perfection. What I mean by perfection is being able to speak perfectly to how one is feeling in the moment. If more leaders did that, what would be different? If more humans did that, what would be different? If we just did that even with ourselves, what would be different? So, while the the acknowledgments that were coming towards me afterwards were focused on courage, what I would say is that this is about being honest, honest with myself. This is the experience I'm having in this moment. This is how it's making me feel. Not talking about the experience, but being in it, representing it. That's what being a model is for me. That's the kind of model I want to see. That's the kind of model I want to be. It was interesting later that day, we were learning a new kind of um, matrix, a way of looking at at people through different people have different lenses that they look through and different leadership philosophies and different leadership tools look at look at people in different ways. So one of the ways that we were looking at ourselves was through a particular lens. And I noticed that the pers- some they were talking about examples of people that we would all know, uh, not that we would know well, but that we would know of. And one of the people that they talked about was Mother Teresa, who is sort of of the same 
I am of the same type as she would be. She would have been or was. And I just thought that was really cool because if I'm going to um, share space with Mother Teresa, that's a, that's a huge compliment. If I could even be 1% of the um, goodness of her, if I could have the impact um, equal to 1% or half a percent of what she good she did for the planet, then I would be totally grateful and very, very happy. So that's my story about being a model. I appreciated the feedback of the person who said that. It was a fantastic opportunity for me to explore this with myself. What kind of model do I want to be? And while I've been talking about all this rawness and authenticity and openness, I think it's important to also talk about responsibility and accountability. So one of the things that I didn't do was get up there and start spouting out toxicity towards the people who didn't get me the food that I needed uh, or the fact that I'm a victim and all these things have gone wrong. What I did was I said, I'm exhausted. I've come here utterly tired. I have overdone it and I've arrived really tired and what I feel like in this moment is like leaving. And part of what's making me feel that way is I haven't done a good job of getting my needs met. One of the needs I have is to eat uh, a certain type of food and none of that food was available for me today. And that's what's got me. So, you know, it's a combination of all these things that has got me to this state. But I took responsibility. I've come in tired. I've overdone it. You know, perhaps what I should have done that morning was stayed home. Anyway, what I did do in the realm of taking responsibility is I left early. I made arrangements to leave early, and I did. I left early enough that I could um, logistically get back to my hotel, back to my partner who was waiting for me there to get to a place where we could get some food that would be appropriate for me. And to actually take care of myself, I had a nap, we had a good dinner, I ate some food that was not um, something I was allergic to, and it was a wonderful way to kind of uh, stop hoping that things would be different and start to change them myself. That's what I call taking responsibility. And so this authenticity or this realness or this modeling of, of your real self being transparent, being true and honest in the moment is to be married with and complemented by taking responsibility, personal responsibility, accountability. That doesn't mean blaming yourself and not talking about the circumstances, but it doesn't mean either blaming everybody else and not taking any part of it for yourself. And so I think that if there was any good that came out of this, it was that that was the way in which I was able to deliver my truth in that moment was to do so taking responsibility, but also um, being real about the current reality. The reality is there is nothing here for me to eat. And that's really difficult for me right now, <laughs> given all these other things. So we're about to take another break. When we come back, I want to share with you some of the things that I've written over the years that are a reflection of this very dynamic that we've been talking about, being real, being transparent, um, being yourself in any given moment, speaking to the experience that you are having. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq. 
We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliadership.com and let's get started. Did you know there are close to 50 loss events that can produce the wide range of emotions we call grief? Grief is a normal and natural response to loss. We all experience loss in life. Often, when we do, people tell us we have to let it go and move on. But how do you do this, especially when you don't know where to start? Listen to 50 Shades of Grief with host Melody Dawn. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we can get through grief. Now on Voice America. The road you travel in life is never a straight line. It's more like running around in circles, which is not a problem when you make Richard Flint a part of your world. When you're standing next to Richard, you begin to see a lot less confusion and a whole lot more clarity. Things just start falling into place. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The power to be with Richard Flint. Join us. And more power to you. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to stories from the heart of leadership. This is Shamin Sadik. I'm your host, and our topic today is being a model. Speaking of being a model, let me tell you about some things that are coming up that you might be interested in, some events. 
on September 9th to 11th in the DC area and on September 30th to October 2nd in Denver, I am teaching the Leadership Circle Profile Certification. Uh, speaking of models, and there's a very powerful model that underpins these instruments that you can come and get certified in. If you are an executive coach, um, an HR professional, OD professional, someone who works with humans, someone who helps humans to develop, someone who works with leaders and helps them develop, and um, hopefully all leaders are humans. If you're in that field of work, and you are looking for a powerful framework with a solid model with solid numbers tied to the whole thing and some instruments to use in leadership assessment, then you will want to check this out. Go to theleadershipcircle.com, theleadershipcircle.com, and have a look. And those are the two dates that I am teaching. Again, September 9th in the D.C. area, September 30th to October 2nd in Denver. But I have many colleagues who teach this in other locations around the world, and you could go to any of those trainings if you are so inclined and if this is your profession. So I invite you to join me or to join my colleagues. And I want to let you know that as well, I've got an event in mind for November. It will be some sort of a blend between a power circle, um, which if you go to my website, anjaliLeadership.com, uh, click on events and look at the description of power circles. Power circles are programs that I have created that are really for coaches, for um, all, all of the people that I just named who would be interested in the leader in interested in the leadership circle would also be interested in power circles. The intention of power circles is that we take the work that we invite our clients into, like all this great stuff that we do to help our clients develop, is that we take a pause and actually apply that work to ourselves, dive deeply into our own development, our own evolution, our own leadership, and take a deeper look. It's a wonderful opportunity to just pause, reflect, take stock, and ask yourself, what is ahead for you? It may be that you've had a vision um, that you've created. Maybe like me, you've created a, a thriving practice. And now you're asking yourself, what's next? Where do I take this from here? Or maybe you're just enjoying the practice that you've created. Or maybe there's more of a practice that you'd like to evolve. This is your chance to apply the work to yourself in service of your vision, what you want to create. So I intend to do a power circle here in Toronto sometime in November. I have not set the date yet, but as soon as I do, I will let you know, and you can continue to check my website or sign up for my e-newsletter. If you go to anjaliLeadership.com, that's anjaliLeadership.com, and look for the sign up to receive the newsletter, then you can stay in the loop. But don't worry, if you listen to the show every week, I will let you know once we set the dates. Now, what's going to be special about this particular event is that I'm going to invite some of my colleagues to join me. I have um, some colleagues who we have been looking together at what does it mean to sort of evolve our self-awareness beyond the conventional 
um, ways of becoming more self-aware. So I'll say more about that once we've got some confirmation on dates and who's coming. But suffice it to say that you'd be in the company of um, thought leaders and just all around awesome, amazing human beings who have a legacy of working with humans that they are interested in leaving and expanding upon. So look forward to that. Uh, More details as they become available. So back to this topic of being a model and being a model for realness, for rawness sometimes, (laughs) for transparency and authenticity, for being absolutely honest I I want to read some things that I, I've wrote I've written <laughs> some things that I wrote or I have written not so long ago that might be hmm, resonant if you're interested in I don't know finding out what kind of a model you want to be. So here's some haiku. I actually write poetry and I sometimes write haiku. So there's um th- uh, sort of a set of three haiku that I think really speak to this lifelong journey that I am on. Here we go. Uh, There are three parts to this. The first part is yesterday. Scattered woman reacting to each problem without direction. Actually, that could be today too, from time to time. So that's yesterday. Today, powerful presence, a creator of vision, led by desire. That's really about, you know, what do I want to create? What's next for me? What is it that I want to do? And involving and enrolling lots of other people in it with me to make it happen together. And then the last of the three haiku, tomorrow. Clear boundaries here. Humble, not needing spotlights. Joyous and complete. It's aspirational for me, that part. I don't think I've got that sorted out. And maybe I never will. Clear boundaries? Wow. I would love to have clearer boundaries. And I'm not such a mess that I have no boundaries. I've got some. I'm somewhere along the way here on the journey. But clear boundaries here, humble, not needing spotlights, joyous and complete. Um, Yeah, I aspire for that, for myself, for my life. Early in the game, I was out walking. This is years ago. I was with my children and their dad. This was when we were still a family unit of four. Um, We're still a family of four, but we're not a unit of four. (laughs) We're a family of four spread out over two homes. But this was when we were still uh, together in one home. And I was very much at the beginning of the awareness that that family configuration was not working and was going to need to change. And I was walking in the winter time and I was looking at trees and I had taken a camera with me and I had taken some pictures and I took about about five or six pictures of different scenes out in the woods. And each one, when I came back or as I was walking back, each picture had a poem with it that just sort of came, kind of just came right into my soul So I want to share one called Tangle of Emotions, because this is about being a model um, for honesty and authenticity, for celebrating the stuff that's hard, for acknowledging the struggle. So Tangles of Emotions, or Tangle of Emotions. Here we go. Confused. Exhausted by the tangled emotions in my heart. 
I try to breathe in space so that clarity can be found. Then I realize that clarity and order are illusions. Look at the beauty of this messiness. It is worthy of love. That's really what I wanted to say to that person who said, you know, you have to be a model for your clients. This is the kind of model I want to be. Look at the beauty of this messiness. It is worthy of love. It's a fine balance between acknowledging our messiness and falling into messy and being really messy. Um, Sometimes things are messy. Sometimes I'm not perfect. Sometimes I don't have it all together. But I'm not an advocate for just being a mess and leaving it there. I'm an advocate for saying, okay, what's real here is that things are messy. I haven't done a great job. This happened, that happened, whatever. You know, here's how I contributed to it. Here's how the outside world has has contributed to it. Now what will I do with this? So it's a balance between acknowledging what is real and still um, moving towards something. I I don't want to say something better, but something, Uh, something more peaceful, perhaps, or being at peace maybe with the messiness, but not saying, well, I'm a mess. I'm just going to stay that way. I'm going to blame everybody else and just kind of carry on like that and hope that things will be different. No, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about something that's very delicate with one foot on one side and the other on the other of this kind of teeter-totter. I'm trying to find a, a middle place with it. But it was a big revelation to me when I realized that all this confusion and these tangled emotions, love, hate, um, uh, uh, joy, sorrow, that they could all be tangled up in there together and still be beautiful. That was a, a real revelation for me at that time. I was thinking about roles that day, and I took a picture of some trees that seemed to be leaning into each other. And I wrote a poem called Impermanent Roles. And this is about how we can be real together with each other and how sometimes I might be standing on firmer ground than you so I can be there and hold you up. And another day you might be there on firm ground and I'm not. I'm on shaky ground where my legs are all rubbery. And so you would hold me up. So that's what this is about. So it's called Impermanent Roles. Although neither stands straight and solid, we are here to lean into and be leaned upon. Today, I relax into your embrace. Tomorrow, you ask for my counsel, both loving that we have found each other. Now, as I read that, I'm drawn to tell you that in this crazy weekend of being exhausted and hungry and crying in front of strangers, I was with um, I was with my partner and we were in another city together and I really felt this partnership that impermanent role speaks to. I really experienced that. And I think that though I wrote this poem years ago, my gosh, I think it might've been in 2006, um, 2005, maybe I wrote this 10 years ago. I think I was writing what I wanted. I think I was writing what my vision was for myself. It was to be in partnership with another in this way, where one person one day 
you know, can be the, the one that kind of holds up the other. But another day, the person who was held up the day before by the other one is the strong one or has some advice to offer. It's sort of about being even in partnership with another. And I feel like I've, I feel so lucky as I'm sitting here telling you about this to have found this in my own personal life. But I think as well that I found it in some of my collegial relationships too. Shared leadership, not needing to be the only one, not needing to have the spotlight on me or to be the the only one, um, but to actually be, for example, with a team, with a partner and be working with them, you know, together as a pair, not needing to outshine the other, not needing to one up the other or show the other one who's boss, but actually to be in partnership together. And sometimes hand the leadership over to her. Sometimes she hands it back to me. This is what I think is amazing about life is that that is something that I get to experience from time to time. So there's something about this modeling and this being real um, in our modeling, modeling our real selves, being ourselves, that can be very useful because I don't think that I would have thought about partnership that way if I hadn't allowed this poem to come through. I think I always thought that one partner has to dominate the other. I think I had some patriarchal models in mind, but um, there was a wiser part of me that knew that true partnership was actually available and possible. And so as I bring this show to a close, I'm just overwhelmed with how fortunate I feel. um, No, maybe it's grateful how much gratitude I feel for being able to see the wise part of me being able to show me that this is something that I actually could have and deserve, and then for life, for bringing it into being. I think that's what I'm feeling the most gratitude for as I bring the show to a close today. So we've been talking about being a model, but what we've really been talking about is being real, being yourself, being honest, but taking responsibility at the same time personal accountability for your actions, for your words, even if they're not pretty, even when the news isn't good, to be able to deliver the truth and to do so compassionately with compassion for others and for yourself. That's what we've been talking about. We have not been talking about modeling in that old way of needing to show some projection of perfection. Rather, what it is to be authentic, to be real, and to report in the moment, live, how you are feeling. What is the experience you are having? And so I leave you with this question. What kind of model do you want to be? Which kind of way do you want to show up? How do you want to lead? With authenticity, realness, heart, and compassion? Or with projection? professionalism, fakeness, and misleading. Which one do you want to be like? And maybe there are elements from both that will be useful to you. So I leave you with that to noodle on between now and next time. Thank you so much for listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shamin Sadiq. I look forward to the next time that we're together. Until then, take good care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday 
at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a wonderful week. And remember, we are all members of this great human family. You are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.